Hey, okay, so quick side note, I actually think I said that this is episode 17 while I was recording this entire podcast episode, and I just realized right now it's actually episode 18. So pardon the entire mistake, the entire podcast episode, and let's resume. Hey, you are listening to Peach Neon Pink Ramblings. A podcast where I talk about my thoughts about everything Korean entertainment, including K-dramas, Korean movies, Korean variety shows, K-pop, and K-beauty. Everything under the umbrella of things. Um, Also, my rants about life, pop culture, and a lot of random things. So, thank you so much for tuning in and listen on. Hello everyone, I know um, it's been a really long time since I came out with a podcast episode, but hey, I am back and this is episode 17 of Peach Neon Pink, the podcast. Um, Today is May 16, Saturday 2020, and welcome to the 17th episode of my podcast. So like I said, it's actually been quite a while since I've actually been able to record a podcast episode, mainly because as you might have listened to in my previous podcast episode is that, you know, there's a global pandemic going on and I'm actually a frontline um, nurse. I mean, I'm a nurse working in the front lines taking care of COVID patients. So it's been kind of a crazy, like, two months, pretty much. Um, it hasn't really... I think it's, like, the weirdest thing is, like, getting used to the new normal. So I haven't really had that much of an inspiration to actually do a podcast episode. But excitingly enough i think i've settled into this new life this new normal so now i'm recording a new podcast episode for you guys so hopefully um there are still a few of you listeners out there who uh would want to listen to me ramble as usual as usual as usual i can't pronounce anything but hopefully the audio is a little bit better for this podcast because in the midst of the pandemic i actually bought uh an external microphone um i usually record these podcasts on my phone using an app and i actually kind of um on a whim just ordered an external microphone to see if the recording of the audio is a little bit better so hopefully it is um today we're gonna talk about um there's not much of a plan of what to talk about in this podcast episode because i'm kind of just like going with what i want to talk about kind of thing feel kind of just dip like dipping my toes back into the water um so basically we're going to talk about a korean drama um called meow the secret boy um it's as interesting as you would surmise or summarize from the title of the korean drama um we're going to talk about a couple of songs um mostly from my favorite uh k-pop group which is got seven we're going to talk about their newly released uh comeback song that happened a few weeks ago 
Um, and then we're going to talk about something that's very appropriate in key beauty, which is um, hand gels or hand sanitizers from Korean bra- um, brands or Korean beauty brands. And we're just going to go over how... I feel about it and how effective I think they are so if it's something that interests you and you want to listen to me ramble once again stay tuned uh, for more than a little bit on this podcast Hey, so this is the Korean drama section of Peach Neon Pink, the podcast where I talk about everything Korean dramas, Korean movies, Korean entertainment, K-pop, and especially K-beauty, just anything I find interesting um, in Korean culture. Um, And this is the Korean drama section. I talk a lot about Korean dramas. I'm going to do like a little bit of intro again because it's been like two months since I've done this. Um, So I talk a lot about Korean dramas. I have actually been watching Korean dramas for, I mean, I want to say a little bit more than a decade now. Um, Yeah, a little bit more. I started around like 2004, 2005. Um, so I've, I've actually watched a lot of the classic um, how you wave like the Korean wave dramas that actually pretty much catapulted um, Korean dramas into the international um, like status that it has today so um, I've been a long long term fan of Korean dramas I remember watching my very first few Korean dramas, downloading it from the internet, you know, like, illegally. <laughs> um, and it was like a teeny tiny 360p screen. It was very blurry and you had to download the subtitles separately and it would take like a good two or three hours before you can watch an episode. So um, that was back in the days, kids. Like, it was painful. It was hard to be a Korean drama fan back then. Um, anyways, that's a little bit of a background on um, my knowledge of Korean dramas and my love for Korean dramas. Um, today we're going to talk about a Korean drama that I recently finished about a couple weeks ago. I've been meaning to talk about this Korean drama in this podcast. It's just that, like I said in my intro, I just haven't been in that state where I've been inspired to actually record a podcast episode. So I've been kind of just like watching a lot of Korean dramas and I'm still in the middle of watching a few series um, dramas right now Um, but I just haven't had like that urge to talk about it Um, but hopefully we're we're gonna ramble on about this one today Um, the Korean drama we're gonna talk about is Meow the secret boy Um, and it's it's a really odd like title Uh, but we're going to delve into why it's a little bit of a weird title. Um, it's starring Shin Yeun, Kim Young-soo, or L. He's from, uh, he used to be, now he's more of an actor. He um, used to be a K-pop idol in the group Infinite. And uh, Seo Ji-hoon. Um, I'm going to, as usual, read you guys a summary that I enjoyed reading online. So this one's from Wikipedia. 
um, a graphic designer in her mid-twenties, Sola harbors dreams of becoming a web-based comic author and has always had a love and hate relationship with cats. But Sola's life changes fast when she brings home a friendly feline. It turns out, however, that this is not any old cat. Named Hongjo, he can take human form. Hongjo becomes exceptionally fond of Sola and goes to great pains to hide his human identity from her. He soon proves that he will do anything that is required in order to stay near her. Will Hongjo manage to keep his identity a secret? And what could be in store for this remarkable feline-human duo as the relationship deepens? So, I really like this summary because it doesn't really give much away of the Korean drama, and this is one of those Korean dramas that if you give too much like point by point of what happens in the drama you're really not gonna want to watch it it's it's quite one of those dramas that you have to suspend your belief for every episode partly because there's a fantasy element of it i mean it is a cat taking human form also just the way it's written so i'm going to talk about that hopefully in a little bit um so the other title for Meow the Secret Boy uh, is Welcome or Yosowa. Yosowa? I think that's how you pronounce it, Korean. Uh, it aired on KBS2 from mid-March till end of April 2020. It is currently available here in the States with English subtitles on Viki. It might be available in alternate um, online streaming platforms for you guys in other countries but here in the states it is uh fully subtitled all episodes uh, 16 episodes on viki uh, this is actually based on a webtoon called hi welcome by guara it kind of sounds like strangely like guara like the actress but maybe not maybe it's just like a random webtoon author so um i, I feel like a lot of this is like semi-autobiographical uh, auto, autobiographical by the webtoon artist because the character uh, that she knew in place um, is a graphic designer like I said that's this wants to be a famous webtoon comic author so I feel like a lot of this is based on um, the original webtoon author's life it just feels like it just the way it's written um, uh, let's talk about Shin Yeun. He, I first saw her, and I think the only other, aside from like the music programs that I would see her when she would interview K-pop idols, I think the only um series that I've seen her is he is a uh, he is psychometric, which I believe I've talked about in a previous podcast episode a few episodes back. Um, Shin Yeun is a gorgeous looking actress. Um. I actually have no qualms about her in that sense. Visually, she's really pretty, petite. Uh, she has the looks of an actress. She's from JYP Actors. Um, the thing is, the same gripe I had with her um, is that she kind of lacks the skill for subtle acting. Um, it's it's much the same vein when she was acting in He's Psychometric, and it's the same gripe that I had while I was watching that. I mean, He's Psychometric is enjoyable. Partly, I think I'm I was a little bit more biased because 
um, Park Jin Young from GOT7, my favorite K-pop group, which we're going to talk about later in the K-pop section, is uh, the main lead in that series. So I was actually a little bit more biased and more motivated to actually finish it. I mean, it was it was fine. It was like a it was a good enough Korean drama. Like it's it's definitely not like mediocre, but it's not also like exemplary or um, a blockbuster type of Korean drama. Um, but Shinjin has this particular style of acting that it's almost like overacting, but not to the point that it's like noticeable. Because especially her character here, Sola, is like seems for the most part this like clueless airhead that's not very endearing. But also, it's like maybe just the character is poorly written. Or um, just the way she interpreted the character is like a little bit weird. I don't know. Um, but she really comes off kind of just like annoying in a sense, I guess. Um, she has that same like effect on me when I watch the second metric. Um, she's supposed to be the female lead, but there's at some point you're just kind of like, why is this? this girl's acting just coming off as a bit annoying and kind of like a petulant like tantrum by a toddler type of acting um i don't know if it's just because she's a young actress and just up and coming that she hasn't really developed her acting chops but just from watching this um yeah the secret boy and he's psychometric i just really could tell how um how much she is lacking as an actress, I guess. I mean, she's fine. Um, like I said, she, visually, she's she's a gorgeous-looking actress. Um, I think it's just she just maybe hasn't found that type of role that she would excel in. Um, and maybe if she does get paired with a screenwriter that's a little bit better at handling things, I guess she would actually shine in a role and would maybe a director or screenwriter that's going to be able to um, guide her a little bit better her and hone her acting skills um this was the same gripe i had with uh what's her name wonjina and uh melting me softly um because it's like i want to like her character like i want to like her but her acting is just so like I don't know what uh, another way to explain it because it just comes off really annoying and rigid and not at all like believable like you wouldn't empathize with it and that's the same way that Chin Yun's acting comes across to me um she is paired here with Kim Young sorry um Kim Young Soo who um goes by L he is also like I said Formerly a K-pop idol, now mostly an actor. He was in Infinite. Um, you might have seen him the last time. I think I talked about this in a previous K-pop, um, previous K-pop, <laughs> previous podcast episode as well. Um, he was in Angel's last last mission. Um, I think this is unfortunate because Angel's last mission was actually pretty good springboard for him to be a bona fide up and coming. K drama lead actor, but unfortunately, uh, this Korean drama is less of an acting stretch than his last role. Um, I don't know. Maybe, um, 
I was just really overlooking his weaknesses in his acting just because it might have just been carried by um, Shin Hyesun's more, much more nuanced acting um, in Angel's Last Mission. So, um, but I do appreciate the effort um, that he brings about this role. He doesn't come across as annoying to me as Shin Yeun when she's acting, um, which is unfortunate. I'm not being sexist or anything just because this is a good looking actor. <laughs> um, at least I don't think I am. Um, but he actually really makes an effort to um, have that nuances of a cat. So he comes across quite adorable, quite kind of like new to the world, young to the world, because in actuality, in the Korean drama, he's only like a year old because he's like, he was like a kitten and then, you know, to full grown cat and the cat ears and human ears are different. Anyways, all that stuff. Um, so he's actually, um, I heard that he actually has a pet cat. So maybe that's why he's quite believable in his mannerisms, in the way he moves. Like I feel he's um his K-pop idol background really helped him with because he has a dancing and singing background that um he has the movements um that you can really imagine how a cat who turned human would like move as, I guess. Um the other, the secondary lead actor in this series is Seo Ji-hoon, um, who I have actually seen of quite a few Korean dramas. He was in Mama Fairy and The Woodcutter. Uh, he was all, he's also in a Prison Playbook, which I still have my list of Korean dramas to watch. Um, I recently really enjoyed watching him in Joseon Marriage Agency. And he was like that character. Um, he played like that uh, um, blacksmith turned king character on there. And he was quite endearing, uh, like really motivated by the wrong things. And just um, the character was held by his like just nativity of the world. So um, it was interesting to watch because he, he, this. This actor is very up and coming just because he, he does his characters really well. And he's he is doing his time doing character roles. And I feel like once he's getting a hang of it, he's actually going to do well as a lead actor. Hopefully in the next few years. So um, he is an actor that is to watch out for. Here, um, you kind of get really infuriated by his character. And I feel like it might not be Seo Ji-hoon's acting. It might just be how his character is written that he gets very infuriating or just kind of like um, frustrated with his character because he constantly, his character um, constantly just like almost gaslights um, Sola because it's like he's always like blaming her for his like abandonment issues. Um, but the thing is, is like there's that heavy um, storyline in this drama, and it was never really addressed well enough. And I think just the structure of this Korean drama is not capable of addressing that very well because it's it's based on a webtoon, and it's like the way it's written is kind of um, a little bit garbled, and you can't really like 
like I said in the beginning, it's it's that type of Korean drama that you have to kind of turn off your brain to enjoy it. I mean, if you don't like follow it to the T and try to like um, criticize or be critical about everything, then it's quite an enjoyable drama. It's very cute. It's very light. Um, the cinematography is quite beautiful with the snow and then even Sola's house is so cute. It's like sort of vintage quiche kind of um, type of house and then everything is just the color of the scenes is quite beautiful um, even heck the cat that plays Hongju is ridiculously like expressive for a cat like beautiful blue eyes and it's just like what it tr transitions to um, L playing the human version he's just you can tell that it's this it's like there's a continuation of the character because the cat itself acts its damn tail off, really, honestly. Um, overall, um, I think it was an enjoyable watch for like maybe half of the episodes. It was, it was not too bad. It's just that it was a little bit frustrating because towards the end, you're like... <laughs> There is no way they're going to resolve this. There was just too many plot holes going on. And there was no way they're going to be able to tie this up in like an ending that is satisfying to the viewers. And that is kind of like what happened. Like it just kind of like abruptly ended with no answer to like why was he turning um, from a cat into a human when he's close to Sola? Um does he age like in cat years we don't really know like it fast forwarded it did like that common korean drama cliche of doing a time jump and it time jumped like two years and then he still looks the same but you know uh throughout the series here the the main um concern or the main kind of like obstacle of a relationship is that he's going to be growing older faster than Sola because he's living the cat years but two years have passed and he's, he doesn't look like any older so I don't know like it's just like the rules of the whole situation of the whole cat turning into a human um, is really just like haphazardly put together um, maybe it's due to the fact that it's actually originally a webtoon and usually web comics are not known for very like well structured like plot lines or well thought out plot lines i mean i'm not a screenwriter and writer myself but it's like as a viewer it's kind of like disjointed when you watch it i guess that's what i wanted to um say about it um but like i said it is quite a cute career draw to watch um it took me a while to get through it because there was a whole bunch of probably half of the episodes already subtitled but I had to wait until uh, it was finished airing to actually watch the rest of it um, and the episodes are a little bit shorter than your regular Korean drama so um, it was like a good escape from, from reality which is sometimes what you want in a Korean drama right um, you want to be able to just kind of step back and just escape from the reality of being living the time of being in 
the coronavirus and just step into a world that's like completely different fanciful has this cat turning to a human um has a little bit of bumbling clueless airhead of a heroine um and i mean it's it's a good escape it's escape like uh culture is that the right word i don't know it's it's like a what i'm trying to say is that it's a means of escape from reality that's just such a cute approach to it if you're a cat person you're definitely gonna like this because like i said um the cat who plays hongjo is very expressive really does well at acting on its mark so it's it's one of those that uh you definitely enjoy i mean if you're just like a somebody who has pets you like you would enjoy it because it kind of makes you think it's like what if like my pet actually turn could turn into a human like what is it thinking like what it's it is it what's the motivation in life that it has you know stuff like that um but i would recommend this to somebody who um i definitely wouldn't recommend it to somebody who's watched a lot of korean dramas like myself because you'd find yourself very quite critical of the scenes and you can't unless you can just turn off your head like your brain like i said like you're not gonna enjoy it but it's it's quite a light korean drama to watch for a beginner um to a point that you know i think a beginner korean drama watcher wouldn't like really know like the nuances or the plot holes that are going on so it would be quite an enjoyable drama for them um so yeah that is pretty much uh my thoughts on meow the secret boy um like i said it uh was airing and it's finished already and fully subtitled on vicky um if you are here in the states um you can stream it while this pandemic is going on um other korean dramas you know um i've talked about this before before it started premiere uh, before it premiered but uh lee min ho's comeback uh drama project which is the king eternal monarch is also one of those uh korean dramas that i'm currently watching right now amongst like three or four other ones so um and I'm probably going to do a podcast episode separately on it. It's about almost almost done. There's like I think about five maybe ish, six episodes left. So it's a little bit three-fourths of the way. So um, I might talk about that next week or in a couple days um, in another podcast episode, hopefully. Um, but I mean, it's, it's delightful in a way that I'm actually still watching it and haven't given up on it. Um, there's also Hospital Playlist, which is a, which is a drama from the writer and director of Reply 1997 and Reply 1988. So it is a drama that, um, I'm really watching and enjoying, um, definitely an escape from reality <laughs> kind of like meow the the secret boy um uh, but so well written so i'm i'm probably going to talk about that a little bit more but the thing is it's only they're only coming out with one episode every week so it's it's kind of like slow burn so i might talk about probably going to talk about hospital plays down the line um once once there's more episodes for me to digest and really think about what's going on um I'm also currently watching uh, Rugal on uh, Netflix, uh, which is a little bit of a 
espionage, like secret mission type of uh, Korean drama. And I'm also watching uh, Good Casting, which is kind of Charlie's Angels, but K-drama. It's it's enjoyable. Uh, so those are the Korean dramas I might be talking about in the future, hopefully. Um, and yeah. If you guys have any recommendations of what Korean dramas I should check out, definitely leave it as a comment or uh, message me on the socials at Peach Neon Pink. Um, and stay tuned. We're going to talk about uh, K-pop and my favorite K-pop group, GOT7's comeback. This is the K-pop section of Peach Neon Pink Ramblings, the podcast where I talk about everything Korean entertainment. And today, 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 we're going to talk about a song, an album actually that I love a lot <laughs> because it is the new comeback um, EP from my favorite K-pop boy group, GOT7. Um, and this is their first... 14th 15th ep extended play under their belt um they are a six year senior um k-pop group and um the song is god seven's not by the moon it is a the title track from their latest ep called die or d-y-e actually it's not d-i-e die as in 
color dye dye um this ep is just so compelling i mean i'm i know i'm i'm biased and i know what you guys know when i talk about god seven i just get into this mood um but it is so compelling because it is a tight very concise album from start to finish it has a very purposeful like concept um the whole renaissance gentleman romeo and juliet concept really does well and it ties up all of the songs really well um not by the moon is um is a good example of i guess the type of track that god seven does well with but would have actually done better if it was actually written by one of the members especially if it came from their leader jb who actually writes a lot of their songs um but this was actually produced and written by um jyp um their uh ceo of their company so um i mean it's it's a little bit um I, I would say it's like half of the vision of what God7 and their colors are and half of what JYP thinks their color is. So um, it it really could have had that big push to be a blockbuster hit. Um, there is just alternating, descending like synth through it in the chorus that's just like, and there's like a very addictive trap based like beat to it and um the bass itself is just like um i actually listened to the actual cd because they <laughs> they finally came after a month i was waiting for them and because of the current again fault of the current global pandemic um the exports from korea was taking a lot longer than usual because there was a lot less flights commercial and um industrial flights um, so it took like a month before I even got the albums and I bought all five versions of this album, um, the Die albums, because this EP is just gorgeous. Um, but I was listening to the CD in the car and like, you can feel the bass just pounding and it's just very it adrenaline inducing. Um, it has a lot of like very smooth silky hooks that um Jin Young and Yu Yum kind of plays around a lot in the song um and it's it's quite dramatic for for a song like it's um the whole uh premise of the song is that it is a like uh don't trust the moon because the moon is fleeting and then um, in contrast to that, the whole theme of the song is based on Romeo and Juliet and like that tragic type of love, and um, it's 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 definitely enjoyable. Uh, I think God Seven really took reins from the 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 idea that JYP had for them and made it their own, like they usually do. Um, they kind of did really well with, with what they were given, and um, I think they did their best with their song and it's definitely catchy um i would actually um my favorite probably from this 
album is another song that I want to talk about, which is um, Poison. So um, initially, uh, also this is one of the songs in the Die EP. Initially, um, my interest in Poison peaked because, uh, sorry, that was my iPad doing a notification (laughs) that distracted me right now. because Poison actually was first described by one of their members, Jackson, as like a very sexy song. So when I was listening to the entire album, I was kind of expecting more of like a constant sexy, like sultry beat. But um, it's not. It has this bass line that just like starts and starts going into like very like uh, confident and like almost like arrogant kind of feel of a song um and it's one of those songs that just flows so well and it's like simultaneously like chill but also very like again sultry like sultry sultry i guess um which is the overall overlying theme and concept of the die album um but I actually enjoy Poison a little bit, tiny, tiny bit more than their title track, Not By The Moon. Um, only because I just enjoy the beat of it a little bit more. It kind of reminds me of Thursday from their last um, album, mini album. Um, I mean, Call My Name was very addictive, very beautiful. I mean, the choreography was so fun. Um, but Thursday was just this chill song that you can just enjoy. And like, it's kind of like an anthem to the end of the, almost the end of the week. Like Thursday is that ambiguous, um, day before Friday. And that's exactly what the song Thursday exemplified in her last EP. Um, and that's what like Poison does for me. I mean, um, it's just like, like the beat itself is so addictively chill it's the kind of song that you just want to groove to it and not that not the the other songs are not songs that you want to groove with it's just make feel good music i guess with poison even though the whole um theme and lyrics is kind of like a little bit sad and tragic um overall this album is I guess, an, what you would think a natural progression from what GOT7 had to bring to the table. Um, they took songs that they weren't entirely in control with and made it their own with their own flavor and their own style that we, like, I've known GOT7 to have. Um, their comeback promotions this time was quite short because of the pandemic. Um, they weren't really performing in front of live audiences, but they had a lot of variety show guestings and interviews, which is, was quite fun. Um, I think not to the point as uh, Call My Name, You Calling My Name era um, last year, because that was the end of the year and there was a lot more chances for promotion. Um, overall, I keep getting notifications. That's that's my that's my watch now um but overall i mean such a beautiful album i mean physically it looks like a storybook um kind of like uh what how you think romeo and juliet like the book of would look like it would look like that and there's a lot of gorgeous gorgeous beautifully executed like photos inside um 
And if you are on Anchor or Spotify Premier, you're going to hear a snippet of Not By The Moon in the beginning of this section before me rambling about it right now. Um, and before we break off to the Korean beauty section of this podcast, I am going to be playing a snippet of Poison. Um, sorry, my notifications again are super super loud i'm so sorry um so distracting it's distracting me too um anyways uh if you are on anchor and spotify premium you're gonna hear a snippet of poison after me talking and rambling like right now um if not you're gonna hear an equally amazing um copyright free song courtesy of epidemic sounds uh hopefully you guys enjoy that checkout not by the moon by god seven from their die album as well as my favorite so far poison from the same same ep um and you guys just might turn out to be another fan like me um yeah So you've reached the K-beauty section of Peach Neon Pink, 
Ramblings, the podcast where we talk about everything related to Korean culture, Korean entertainment. And um, yeah, so K-Beauty section, I feel like lately uh, like I haven't been able to do a podcast episode because I haven't had the chance to get my whole my usual stash or get a hold of um my usual k-beauty stuff because of the pandemic and you know i don't want to spend that ridiculous amount of money on shipping um getting korean products that would take like two months before they get here so um i haven't really tried that much of new things but if you are like me and (laughs) you uh there is a shortage of um hand sanitizers in your country like here in the united states then you kind of end up trying a whole bunch of uh korean beauty brands uh in terms of um hand sanitizers (laughs) so um today i want to talk to you guys about two products from korean beauty brand tony moly i've talked about them before they're quite famous for their products that are um shaped like a fruit or food or just very fanciful packaging um their poor mask one uh, blackhead one is a squid uh octopus squid squid yeah uh but very cute they have like a peach um hand cream um like their banana hand lotion is <laughs> quite a hoot um and i've talked about them before when i talked about food based food inspired um k-beauty um but today we're going to talk about tony moly's 62 percent alcohol aloe chok chok hand sanitizing gel um if you are new to the k-beauty um realm of things and this is your first foray chalk chalk actually means like um sort of kind of like if you pat your face while you're doing your 10-step korean skincare routine and it's like infusing like all the serum and the moisture inside and like patting it and the circulation goes around it's like chalk chalk it's also like a little bit means like fresh or dewy like that's sort of kind of what chalk chalk means it makes your skin dewy so uh i was very interested in this product when i tried it because um it is actually uh the ingredients is 62 percent alcohol um aloe, aloe leaf water uh witch hazel and the usual like glycerin um a little bit of fragrance all that good stuff um <laughs> Anyways, um, this is formulated with aloe leaf water to soothe and hydrate irritated and dry skin plus witch hazel to calm any inflammation. Um, It claims here that this hand sanitizing gel effectively eliminates 99% of harmful bacteria and germs. Contains 62% ethanol alcohol and absorbs quickly and will not leave a tacky residue or greasy feeling. as you might know, um, the CDC here in the States actually recommends using um, alcohol-based hand sanitizers with more than 60 or 70% of alcohol uh, for it to be effective against coronavirus or COVID-19. Um, so this one has uh, 62%. Actually, I usually try to find um, hand sanitizers that are like 70 or more because I feel it's more effective, but that's just my nurse. like. OCD coming out um, but this one actually because of the aloe is very hydrating it 
I mean, my hands get ridiculously dry from just using hand sanitizer a lot. Also from like washing my hands a lot, like throughout the day, uh, not just because of COVID-19, but because um, part of my job, I have do have to wash my hands so frequently. So my hands are usually very, very dry. So um, what I look for in a hand sanitizing gel is that it is like at least slightly moisturizing and not drying and like painful to the skin or stingy and this is what this does it really is chalk chalk like <laughs> for a hand gel um it almost feel more of like a gel based lotion or moisturizer for your hand um and it's quite affordable because it's like about three bucks um and it comes in like a small 30 ml um tube which is great because you can just throw it into your bag and it's like readily available if you are out in the public and you have no access to a sink and soap and water uh, to wash your hands i mean definitely if you can um wash your hands and <laughs> that's my little piece p psa for today uh but this is definitely one of those hand sanitizers that is very portable handy and very hydrating and soothing the witch hazel really does a lot to like kind of if you have really dry skin it really calms it down and i would i'm already like halfway through this tube little tiny tube so I'm probably gonna buy some more just because um i do try to keep hand sanitizer gel on me <laughs> um else we're also gonna be talking about another Tony Moly product um, and this one is a Tony Moly 61.5% alcohol um, derma master lab hand spray um, sometimes I kind of like to use like a spray based hand sanitizer um, rather than a gel sometimes it's just a little bit easier um this one is the ingredients are almost about the same it has 61.5 percent alcohol it but also has one of my favorite korean beauty um like ingredients which is centella asiatica or tiger grass um sika sika um which is very good for your skin for uh lessening inflammation and irritation it's good for um acne and pimples um as well as the usual glycerin um anyways this one is a gel uh not gel for a spray form so it eliminates bacteria and germs with an effective sanitizing hand spray formulated with 61.5% ethanol alcohol to kill germs it is also infused with centella asiatica to calm and soothe inflamed irritated skin the spray absorbs quickly and will not leave a tacky residue or a greasy feel you can also use it not only on your hands and skin but other surfaces or areas you feel like you'd like to sanitize uh, the reason why I like this type of hand sanitizer a spray version because i actually use it to clean my phone um because as you know your phone has a lot of bacteria and it can carry uh covid19 on it because you know you're in close proximity with it so you wouldn't want to put it near your face near your nose and mouth where the coronavirus can get into your lungs through uh get through to go to your lungs so uh i 
I do like to spray this on my electronics. It might not be the best way to sanitize it, um, but I am a cheapskate right now and I don't want to buy a UV light um, sanitizer for my phone or my tablet. So alcohol it is, alcohol based spray. And this is good because you actually use it for that. And so far I haven't ruined my iPad or my iPhone or my Apple Watch. So um, it's pretty, pretty darn good if I might say so myself. Um, this one is a three fluid ounce bottle, like about 90 ml, uh, a little bit bigger than the hand gel. Um, the hand gel is a little bit more, more moisturizing. This one is not entirely drying, but it's definitely not as moisturizing as the other Tony Moly hand sanitizing product that I met, we just talked about. Um... I definitely want to try to get more of this too as well because like I said I use it on other things aside just from sanitizing my hands it's really good for sanitizing surfaces when you're on the go um, if you just came from grocery shopping and you want to like sanitize like um, your hands from touching like the car handles and stuff like that it's really good for that um, and like I said like the other Tony Moly um, when it's very uh, portable and easy to just throw into your purse so um as you guys know i i do love ha tony moly products so it's definitely one of those products that i enjoy using um i'm definitely going to stock up on them if you are in need of hand sanitizer and in your country or wherever you are there's a shortage as well uh these are definitely two products that you should check out um and they are by such a good brand, like such a Korean, good Korean beauty brand. So uh, definitely check them out. Hey guys, you've reached the end of this podcast episode, which is podcast episode 17. And thank you so much for listening. I mean, I know I've been gone for such a long time and this is kind of spur of the moment, not the usual structure that I have for a podcast, but I feel like I should just go for it. So this is what it was. Um, again, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. It, as usual, please let me know what you want me to talk about um, by leaving me a message at anchor.fm forward slash peach neon pink. Neon has two ends towards the end forward slash message or anytime on our socials at you can tweet me at peach neon pink and double n again in the end and i am looking forward to doing another podcast episode um in the next couple days sometime next week hopefully um i'll try to really make it please 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 um Thank you for your support. Thank you for following this podcast. Thank you for listening to my ramblings. And I will talk to you guys soon on the next podcast episode.